Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 140 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. I love today's episode because we have someone on here who is talking about one of my favorite things in the whole entire planet to talk about website conversion mistakes. We have Erin Alexander from the product powerhouse. So her design agency, the product powerhouse helps product sellers build, grow and scale their online shop with the power of Shopify. She teaches how to grow visibility and online presence of your store through her podcast, digital products and her course called DIY Shopify. And we actually have a link that you can sign up for below and you can use code carry for $100 off of the course. You can learn more about the course if you click below, but essentially it's for people who um, I believe it's for people and you can always obviously clarify anything with Erin about her course. But for people that are are trying to do an online store and they want help with their website, she has a course that will kind of walk you through Shopify and how to set up your website and your store. And then she also does done with you or done for you website design. So if you're looking to revamp your website and you're like, I don't know how to use Shopify, go to Erin. She's awesome and so, so sweet and super smart. Okay. So on this episode, we dive into website conversion mistakes. So of course, I had such a blast chatting with her because I love website stuff. I love talking about mistakes. I love talking about good websites. I love all of it. So we had a blast together and she's kind of like a new business friend. So I loved chatting with her. Um, But yeah, grab a coffee, grab a wine. Uh, This is going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome episode. Episode and let me know after you listen to this episode. Let me know what you're thinking and let me know what your favorite websites are. We both share two to three or four websites that we love, and I would love to know what your favorite websites are. So be sure to share those with me um, after the episode airs. Hello, Erin. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you, Carrie. I am so excited to be here. Website design, like website mistakes, conversion is pretty much like one of my favorite things in the entire planet to talk about. So I'm like super excited. <laughs> I literally like chugged a huge coffee today and I'm like, oh my God, I'm ready. I'm excited. I get very passionate. I get a little bit insulting about bad websites and <laughs> just, to, just to prepare you. So I love it. I'm excited to like, you know, talk it out with someone else. <laughs> Okay, so before we dive into it, um, just tell us a little bit about like, how did you end up being a, you know, web designer, course creator? Like, what's your what's your story in like 30 seconds? 
Oh goodness. That's a quick one. I have always loved design. I went to school for design and art. Uh, I'm not an artist, but in order to be a graphic designer, you had to take art at least Mm. 15 years ago you did. (laughs) And, um, so I've always kind of loved it. I was a blogger for years and in 2016, I started doing freelance graphic design for network marketing companies. And then I was like, wait, I can sign websites and I can charge more. And we desperately needed the money because my husband got fired. And so that's what I did. Um, I didn't start working specifically in e-commerce until about 2019, although I had like done some here and there. But in 2019, I was like, I'm all in on e-commerce. Okay. What like what was the shift from pre-e-commerce to e-commerce? Was it like the product part or you just liked like working with a specific type of brand or something? In my previous role, I was designing like websites for like coaches and um Oh, okay. Just kind of anyone. And it was like, there was this piece of it where I had to convince them they needed a website almost. I don't know if it was just the people that I was working with, but with e-commerce, I didn't have to like sell them on a website. They already knew they needed a website. Mm-hmm. And then there's also this layer of like, like creating a solution because every business is different. We have to figure out how can we do this with this and that. And I am a problem solver and I love figuring things out. And so it was just like something that I was really passionate about and like it got me excited about designing the website. And so I think that was it. I also became a coach at that time. I became like a branding coach inside a community and they, they were all um, handmade businesses. And so it really felt really aligned. And so I finally, it felt like it was a place where I could like make a difference without just being part of the noise. Like I really felt like I wasn't just a part of the crowd anymore. And so I, I loved that feeling. Like I liked helping people make a difference in their business. Oh, that's so cute. What was your first, (laughs) what was your first like product brand that you worked with? I mean, you don't have to say the name if you don't want to, but like what kind of product was it? I'm just curious. No, I don't mind. The company was called on which is like French for something. <laughs> I don't know, but let's party probably. And she sells party decor. And I I've uh, heard of them. They, they were a big oh. Etsy store. And now she, I mean, she's a very popular party brand. And so it was like party decor that she, some like she made like with her cricket and things like that. And then like napkins and things coordinating. That was my first uh, big e-commerce store. And it was a big one to start with. Uh, at least that's the first one I remember as like a big one. I worked with her for several years and then her store, we actually built on WordPress and I just decided I wasn't going to work on WordPress WordPress. anymore because it gave me such anxiety. So I can't can't even say the word WordPress. It makes me want to like throw up. (laughs) I have two clients still on WordPress and like two weeks ago, I was like, I'm just going to rebuild all their sites on a different platform and not even tell them. Like they don't even have to know because I manage the entire thing. (laughs) Nice. I haven't done that because that's just a waste of my time, but I hate WordPress. (laughs) It's horrible. So when I sold my product business in 2019, I was like, okay, I feel like at some point I'm going to help people start, you know, a product-based business. But for now, I'm just going to start a personal blog so I can write our um, blog post about, you know, like how I grew an affiliate program and how I grew my Instagram to like 40,000 followers, blah, blah, blah. And setting up a WordPress website, it's it's still like I feel my internal 
being like feels anxious by even saying it. It was such a nightmare, such a nightmare. And then when I built my first Shopify store for a client the same year, she was like, oh, I'm looking for someone to help me build a website. And I was like, oh, I can totally help you. I'd never built a Shopify store before, but I'm like, I can do it. I'll figure it out. And I was like, oh my God, Shopify is amazing. It's so easy. Greatest platform ever. And that was like when I became a Shopify super fan because basically I had just done a WordPress website and it was like freaking nightmare. So sorry, mm-hmm. keep going. I I feel like I had no, to share my my terrible WordPress story. And whenever I'm working with someone, they're like, oh, my, my website's on WordPress. I'm like, no. You have to go to Shopify. (laughs) Yeah. I came from, my background was in print design. I worked in like um, advertising. And so in print design, it's like the kind of the the design program, what they call it is what you see is what you get. So you're like designing in real time. Mm -hmm. And I did struggle a little bit with Shopify when I started because it is not what you see is what you get. It's like you fill in the blanks. And so I had to learn like a new coding language, which fortunately is something I love, but... I completely agree. Like, like I said, I still have two clients on WordPress. They're not stores, which is the only reason I keep them there. Oh, okay. But they give me anxiety. Like you have to update stuff on there all the time and then it'll break. And then you have to back, go to the backup. And I'm just so grateful that Shopify takes care of all of that. Oh my God. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> very stressful. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about like website stuff. I'm so excited. So I would love before we start... What are some websites that you really like? I'm trying to think of ones that I absolutely despise, and I, I I'm not going to like mention any on air. But what are some that you like? And I'll, I can share a few of mine because I definitely have like ten off the top of my head that I like obsessed with. Yeah, when you told me you were going to ask me, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can only think of one. The one, the first one that came to mind is the Kizik brand, the shoes. It's K I Z I K. Oh, their store is. It's built on Shopify and they have done a really good job of like incorporating video, incorporating metadata, like having, they have really robust product pages. They have like a really engaging site and it's a really, it's just like a really cool website for shoes. Like most of the shoe stores you see, they don't show how, how to put on shoes, which these guys have like, they say they've revolutionized how you put on shoes, but I think it's a really great example of a Shopify store that is using it to its to its potential. I like it. I love the like the hero. And it, for anyone watching, it's www. I'm listening. Sorry, www.kizik.com. Definitely check it out on your phone. They have a great website and they use video on their hero section, which I think is amazing. It's a really good website. I love their product photos too. Yeah, they also use video on their product pages um, and they use like icons and it's just the product pages are one of my favorites of all time. I love it. Yeah, this is great. Oh, yeah, they do. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. All right. Anyone listening, you have to go and look look at this site. It's really good. I love the icons, like Mm -hmm. hands-free lab technology, breathable knit upper. Oh, so good. Okay. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. What else? Okay. Who else do you like? Not to put uh, you on the spot. <laughs> I know. 
I want to show, this is a small maker. Uh, her site is designed by a friend of mine, Olivia from Let's Go Studio, but it's Amy Y'all. So it's A-M-M-I-E-Y-A-L-L.com. And her store, her site, it's not built on Shopify. It's built on Squarespace, but it is so full of personality. And I feel like small business owners are afraid to show personality. Mm. And I love, I just love the personality in her brand because she's an artist, she's a maker. And I think that that's really critical. I mean, she sells out every time, like people like wait in line for two minutes to try to get one of her mugs because of her personality and of her brand and like how she's created just like such an engaged audience. And I think it's really powerful, I guess, example for small business owners. Can you spell that one more time? I'm so sorry. Yep. A-M-M-I-E-Y-A-L-L. Y-A. Okay. I don't know where I spelled that incorrect somewhere, but okay. Okay. Ami, y'all. I have to look at this now. (gasps) Ooh, it's so pretty. Yeah. She has a really great brand. Her brand was designed, like I said, by Olivia from Let's Go Studio, who is a really fun brand designer. Um, But I just think her store is such a great example for small business owners, makers, and artists that are like afraid to show their personality. Yeah, I like this. This is really fun. I also love the mug. I feel like I need to buy one. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) They are really hard to get. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, let's do one more. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go with Day Designer. Day Designer. Yep. They're a planning planner company, which I love stationery. Mm -hmm. I like buying it. I I don't like using it. (laughs) Oh, this is so pretty. It's funny, too, because like this one. So daydesigner.com, if you have your phone and you want to like check it out. um, This is, I guess, going to be like an interactive episode, but that's fine. Um, (laughs) This website is so different than the last one. So I kind of like how you're you're diverse in like the stuff that you like. Oh, yeah. This is beautiful, like classy, clean, beautiful. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Yeah, this is built on Shopify. And I think it's another one that's just a really good example of what's possible with Shopify because people try to put it into like, they're like, well, it's this template. I'm like, no, you can do anything. Um, This one was designed by another Shopify agency, which I kind of like admire their design style. And it's called Aolidia, which I think probably a lot of makers have heard of them. But I think it's just so beautiful. They've done a really great job of like creating dynamic product pages, which is just it's really powerful for small business owners. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I love that one. I think that's beautiful. Okay, I just want to share one of, okay, I'm going to share two. So a new brand that I've recently purchased from that I'm like grossly obsessed with now is Maddle Boards, M-A-D-D-L-E-B-O-A-R-D-S.com. I don't think I've ever gone to a website and literally land on the website and been I actually did a whole podcast episode about them because I I did an episode on three core things that every successful product business has. And, and I talked about like your mission and your vision. Um, I forget what I talked about, honestly, but they were oh, the, and then the, this for them, it was like a vibe. Like when I saw the product, went to the website, I was like, the, it was like meant for me, like the product was literally created for me. 
And I am just like, I've never gone through a website before and gushed over a product and literally was like, I don't care what I have to pay. I'm buying this purple dreamer paddleboard. And I did. I did use a coupon, but like, oh my gosh, obsessed video, amazing product photos, descriptions, selling points, like beautiful colors. I could go on and on here, but yeah, yeah I think they're another one that's really incorporated personality into their brand. You know, it's more than like your logo and your colors. It's the yep. way you talk. It's the, you know, they have like a, a what is this called? Like a filter on their images. So they kind of look a little like retro. Like mm-hmm. it's more than just what font do I use? It's a whole, like you said, vibe. Yes. Isn't it amazing? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, the second I saw that, I was like, I'm buying the product because of how much effort you put into everything. And then when I got the products in the mail, I literally died. Like the whole thing. They are the quintessential example of when you create a brand with an ideal customer in mind and you put effort into customer experience, um, packaging, everything. Like, oh my gosh. So yeah. Anyway, I could literally go on and on about them and I'm going to stop so we can actually talk about website design. Um, But freaking obsessed okay and then my other one of my other favorites is chubbies it's like a male let me look is it just chubbies.com i feel like if it's not correct you might end up at a really dodgy (laughs) (laughs) a really dodgy website okay chubbies.com i'm sorry chubbies shorts.com so c-h-u-b-b-i-e-s s-h-o-r-t-s.com so they've changed some of their images on their hero section, but I love their website so much. I did a whole audit on them in one of my courses. Um, it's it's like the same thing that we've been talking about is like the personality. They have amazing lifestyle images. They obviously are going to appeal like a, to a specific type of customer, but I I just think they do such a good job with product photos, like putting out this vibe. And I think I usually am not someone who obsesses over logos, but I think their logo is actually really cute too with like the little pineapple. Yeah. So anyway. I think it's yeah. Yeah, it's important to not as good as Maddle boards though. <laughs> yeah, it's important to just do more than slap your products up there. You know, you've got to put a little bit more thought into it. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that that's a big mistake that some people make, especially when they're starting out. They're just like, well, it can just be all products. And it yes. can't because yes. then you don't look legitimate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. So let, that leads us into the first thing now that we've gone through some websites and things <laughs> like that. Um, what are some mistakes that people make with websites? So maybe just like yeah. a few common ones that people make or like the really terrible mistakes. Well, I think the biggest mistake is what I guess going back on what I just said is that people they think that they can just kind of go through the process really quick and they don't they don't put enough information they don't put enough thought process they don't you know finish what they need to do like they don't have a terms and conditions and a privacy policy especially you're when you're beginning and if you don't have those things the customers looking at your site are like oh this does not look like somewhere i should send my money it doesn't look safe i'm going to get ripped off and mm-hmm. so it's really important to take your time i hate those youtube videos that are like launch your shopify store in 30 minutes like you shouldn't be able to launch it in 30 minutes like if you are you oh my I, god you're not doing minutes? a good enough job 
Yeah. I feel like I want to like create a Shopify store now and see if I can do it in 30 minutes. But that, yeah, it's not possible. That's, a, but I know what you mean. I saw someone that was creating a video that said you can literally um, launch a product business website in like, I want to say she said in 10 minutes. Yeah, it's nuts. I I will tell you, I'm working on a, a roadmap and it's almost done. That's a 14 day um roadmap because there are people who are like, I really need to get this done. And if you can focus, you know, like two hours a day for 14 days, you can get a decent store. And it's like, you have to do this on day one and this on day two. Oh, but awesome. I, yeah, especially this time of year where people are like, I got to get it fixed before the holidays, which I want to help them do that. Because if you're ready to take action, you need it to happen fast. And I'm totally the kind of person that will like, okay, I'm going to sit down and build a website in a weekend. But you need a little bit more time than that. Hmm. And what are some other, because I know with a website, like, and I'm sure you have your own process of like, you know, like a wireframe and all that kind of stuff. But when you're building out someone's Shopify store, what are some of the important parts on like a homepage? And then I would love to talk about product pages because I think that is where people really screw up. And again, your product page is like how someone's going to buy from you. But what are some key things that people should have on a homepage if they're selling a physical product? Yeah, I, I always have at least these seven things. So, you know, if we're not, we're not including your header, your logo, anything like that. So I have start with a hero image that is going to be really great. Like, attention grabbing hero with some kind of statement that connects your ideal client to your products immediately. Like you need to be super crystal clear about what you sell. Mm -hmm. And I will usually include a call to action there, like shop now or, you know, browse our store only because it sets the tone for like what's next. I I don't think a lot of people, well, I know a lot of people will not click that first button, Mm -hmm. but it sets it sets the tone for like what we want to do next. And if they're return choppers, then they will use that button. So it's kind of just part of the thing that they're expecting there. I also think that people need to include some kind of copy and these don't necessarily go in this order. It depends on the store. But the next thing a lot of times I will put is like a little bit more copy, like one or two sentences that tells me what this brand is about so that like, if I'm intrigued, if I'm interested, then I'm willing to read more Then that will tell me it's also really good for SEO. And, you know, people tell us no one reads a website, which could be true, but Google is still reading your website. And if they don't see the words, they will not know what your store is about. So I keep it short. I want it full of keywords, but that is like something I would include usually kind of at the top. It just kind of depends on the layout. Mm-hmm. I always include um, reviews of some sort. So, uh, you know, like four, maybe like three to six customer reviews, what they said about the products. Mm-hmm. I always include a, a section that features individual products. So usually in Shopify, they call this a featured collection. So it's like showing four, five, six, it doesn't matter how many, except you don't want too many. Uh, products from a certain collection so that you, people can see individual items that you sell. Um, it's kind of like if you walked into a store and you kind of take a glance around and you see the different departments and then you like see the table. So I want it, I want them to be able to see what's on a table, but I also want them to be able to see what's on the different departments. So somewhere on the homepage, I will also include a couple of my top collections or the customer's top collections. I know I'm talking really fast. Okay. So collections, products, reviews, hero, copy. 
I will always include somewhere for them to sign up for emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to, it's a really important when you're doing the emails to lead with what they're going to get, because that's what they want to know. They don't care that you want to tell them your news. They want to know what they're going to get out of it. Um, you can tell them about the news later in the emails. And then lastly, I think it's really important that small business owners include a section that has a picture of them or um, talks about their story. So this is not necessarily true of like next level business owners, like the Kizik brand. They don't have that. Uh, But they still have like a personal piece of it where they're like using video and talking about why they made the shoes the way they made them. Uh, But I tend to work with a lot of handmade businesses and you know, small one person shops. And I think that that about you piece is really key to helping people create that connection with your brand and caring about your story. So I recommend you include something about you on your homepage to link to your about page. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. (laughs) So those are, sorry. No, no, it's okay. So those are the ones that I absolutely include. And then I might add a couple other sections, depending on what you want, what you offer. Like Mm -hmm. one of my um, longtime customers I've worked with forever, they create custom engagement rings. So their main priority on their website is the custom process. But we still also have to have all those other sections because not everyone is there for the custom process. We want to say like, this is what we do. But... We also, you can do this too, you know, like it's like a little smattering of everything you offer, but you want to keep it like really interesting, really engaging short so that they're taking the next step. So sometimes I will customize the pieces of the website or the homepage to do different things. If the goals of the company are different. (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good. And I'm laughing too. No, I'm laughing too, because I have this like little, um, this little like page that I have. It's, it's literally on like random blogs on my website somewhere, but it's like the framework of building a great homepage and pretty much exactly what you just said is exactly what I have. Um, and I love that because I think so many people, one don't include the, the like about us or like not even about us because that should be a page. Um, but they don't have anything on the website that humanizes that lets people know, Hey, like I'm a mom just like you. And I make, you know, these custom engagement rings on the weekends after my full-time job or something like that. Like you need that as a small business. Anyway. Yes. Um, the adding a bit about you, your story, like a connection point is so, so crucial. And I think a lot of people don't include that. Um, do you feel like, adding a picture of you on your homepage will help with conversions. I do. I I hear that a lot of people will be, they'll be like, well they'll they'll tell me this big brand like Anthropology, he doesn't they yeah. don't have a picture of the founder on their website. You know. I'm like I bet you when he founded it in 1864, just kidding. <laughs> uh he had a he was out there talking, you know, like yeah. You can't compare it to like a huge brand. You can't. No, exactly. It's not in the same ballpark, but yes. Keep going. Yeah. I think it's important to have a picture of you. I think when people can see you, they can make connection. They can, yeah. you know, see who you are, especially if you are the face of your company also on social media, mm-hmm. then they feel compelled with you. Like earlier this year, I had a health issue and it was like clients and customers reaching out, asking me about my health and only because of, you know, like I'm the face of the company and they cared about me. 
Yeah. And if you don't make that piece of connection, then I, honestly, I think you're missing out. But also, I think it really does help with conversions because we as humans, like we want to back companies that we believe in. And we're yeah. seeing that in a in a movement in e-commerce in general or like in commerce in general. We're looking at companies who make a bigger impact than just selling their product. Yes, I love that. And I just have to share this one thing because even though it's this was an in-person thing, um, I have to share because it's very relevant. So I went to Alaska recently and I went to this like little town called Skagway. So get off the cruise boat, you walk in this little town and you're hit with all these like tacky jewelry shops, which I didn't go into. And then you kind of keep walking and I I noticed this little hanging banner off the, on the street and I was like, oh my gosh, that is a beautiful sign. I have to go in. And I walked in the store and I was like, oh my gosh, it's just beautiful everywhere. Beautiful product. Like they sold these like fur, I don't even know what they were, fur, like hats with fur on them. And I don't, I'm not someone who really wants to buy um like animal fur products. However, they sold these other earrings and other things in the store. So I was kind of looking at those. But the guy, you know, came over and started talking to me. And he told me very quickly, thank you for coming in. I appreciate you. Where are you from? And then he told me about his story, about how him and his wife, um, he's from Alaska, you know, native, and his wife is in Canada. They met somewhere, wine tasting, and then they lives. I, I don't know. He told me like a lot of information quickly, but he told me about the story and why he started the store and how they make the product. And I was like, oh my God, I love this so much. I am definitely buying your overpriced earrings because I just learned <laughs> about you and it humanized like the product. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't just a product now. It's like now I'm actually supporting this really friendly guy and his wife. So then we started chatting and I was like giving him marketing tips and I was like, yeah, you should build like this little Instagram wall. So when people come in, they can take photos. And he like literally almost started crying and ran over and gave me a hug for like giving him information. It was a very sweet little moment. However, um, the point here is that when someone hears about your story, you instantly, your brand is humanized. You are not an Amazon product. You are like an actual living, breathing human that's selling a product. So I just want to kind of go off of what you were saying about the importance of putting an image of you and like sharing a little bit about you because it does create connection. And I, and I like, I'm such a believer that when you have bits about you on your website, especially as a small product business, um, people will buy from you. They're like, oh, wow, she's a mom and she's a nurse by day and she's making these handmade stockings at nighttime. Like, I want to support her. Like, I want to give her my money and not someone on Amazon. So anyway, like long winded story here. But I feel like I had to share the Alaska thing because it was just this like storytelling. When you share your story, people will buy from you. So yeah, I agree completely. Like I have a bunch of I have a ton of earrings from small business owners because I work in this community of jewelry makers and I don't wear a lot of jewelry but I do wear earrings but I remember who I got all of them from and I have a lot of them. <laughs> and yeah. so it's like oh I got that from this store and this from that store and this from that store and it's all because of like connections I've made or Mm-hmm. you know, sh- talking to them, sharing with them. Um, yeah, that's the only reason <laughs> I no. have all these hearings. And that's like, that's what sharing your story will do for people. It literally like you, you go from having no interest to being like, okay, it's not 
it's not if I buy from you, it's going to be what what item am I, am I going to buy from you? Because you want to support them. So, um, okay, cool. Yeah. So we just went through a lot of information. The top things to have on a homepage. Can we quickly talk about product pages? And I also want to ask yeah. your opinion on the free themes on Shopify and what your mm-hmm. thoughts are. <laughs> I want to know your thoughts on them. <laughs> I don't know if you do. <laughs> I'll start to go a little crazy. Um, yeah. First, like a few things about product pages. Like what do you what are the most important things that people need? Or like what mistakes do you see people making? Oh boy. Um, I think the biggest mistake is well, the biggest mistake technically is not writing unique, <laughs> not writing unique descriptions for each product. Oh. That drives me crazy. Um, I get that your products are like kind of the same, but you should be writing unique descriptions for each one of them. I think a big mistake people make is that they will include all of the information that they need to um, give to someone in the product description. Like, this is how much it costs for shipping and this is where we made it. And that is like that is like a transfer thing from Etsy. That stuff doesn't belong in your product description. It has to go there in Etsy because there's nowhere else for you to put it. But it doesn't belong in your product description. It belongs either on another page or like, in on your product page in another spot mm-hmm. um i think recent so i say recent but i think it was in 2020 shopify released the newest version of shopify so it's called shopify 2.0 and now they made it so you can make robust product pages for right. yeah for all your products and you can do it based on collection you can do it based on individual products and you know that's where i showed you when i talked about that shoe website kizik they have used those product pages and they have added new sections to their product pages to really show off the product. And I think that this is really powerful for some brands. Like um, I have a, a friend or a client who is a fashion designer who like mm-hmm. she's designed these products. She gets them made in Italy. Like it is a whole process. And so she's someone who could really highlight the different aspects of the pieces you know like it's sustainable and she can talk about the way it's manufactured on those product pages because it makes a difference yeah for some people that might not like be necessary but for some it it really helps to really show the benefits of your product um and then you can use that to also like encourage like cross sells and upsells and, you know, like, especially like a fashion brand, you could show a couple ways to style the shirt and then you can be like, oh, get those pants here and this dress here, you know? So I really recommend that. I think it's hard for me to pinpoint, I guess, problems. I think most of it's just that there's not enough information. Like they kind of, most of the time what I see is people have like, done the bare bones on the product page and 90% of your website is product pages. You need to spend more time on that. Uh, You need to have good, clear titles that describe the product. You need to describe the product in the description. Your pictures need to be crisp and clear. I will say a big pet peeve of mine is when product pictures aren't all the same size. Because of responsive design, the the picture will like bounce up and down like the sizes it drives me crazy so crop all your pictures the same size you can even do that inside of shopify um in their picture product picture place so it's really the biggest mistake i see people is thinking that they can just slap up products and think that that's good enough but you have to put more time and energy into your products listings 
Oh my God, I agree. And the photos being the different sizes, like I feel like when I see that on a website, my brain just goes like, oh my God, I I can't handle it. I get like, it makes me physically upset sometimes. I feel like I'm like a yeah. website snob, but I can't help it. Like <laughs> make the images the same size. When you don't, it looks sloppy as hell and no one wants a exactly, sloppy yeah. website. Um, I'm always saying like, at the very least, make the first two images the same size so that when I'm looking at a collection that they're all like streamlined and like straight. But yeah. in general, I think all pictures in your products should all be the same size. Yes, I agree with you. It's it's definitely really important. Let's talk about themes because I get a lot of questions on how do I choose a theme? And I think a lot of times um, people don't really know that, you know, you, you want to pick a theme based on like, how many products you sell? Is your collection size small? Is it medium? Is it large? What kind of like specifics do you need? Like if you're an expensive handbag company, you really need to have like a zoom in effect so people can zoom in on like the buckles and the seam because people care about that. And if you're selling like a $500 bag, people want to zoom in on the images. But I do feel like a lot of people don't really know what to be looking for. Like I was doing a website thing a session with one of my members in my membership the other day and she has she's launching a physical like an in-store bakery and she will be selling like in-person classes and then she'll also have something where people can order like a cake and they can come in and pick it up so we were kind of going through the different shopify themes and i was like looking at you know ones for example that are like restaurants because a restaurant will have features that, you know, it'll have like a store locator or like a map or something. And you want something like that if you have an in-person, like a brick and mortar. So anyway, we were kind of going through, but it like was a reminder to me that a lot of times um, people that have, that are building a website for the first time don't know what to look for. And they end up choosing a theme that like makes zero sense for their business. Or they're like, okay, well, I don't want to pay $200 or 324 like, you know, impulse or something, I want to get the free theme. And then the free theme freaking sucks. You can barely modify it. It looks crappy. And then they're like, my website looks terrible. What do I do? So anyway, like, what are your thoughts on themes? And like, yeah, I'd love to hear what you think about the free ones, because I feel like I can't stand them. Yeah. So the with Shopify 2.0, they released a, there's only one free theme and all of the rest of the free themes are built on that one. So they all use the same framework. And so I agree. They are so limiting and people are like, oh, no, I like it. And I'm like, no, you do not understand how limiting it is. Oh, it's horrible. Like absolutely freaking horrible. Like you can't even change. Like I was doing some, one of my clients, I was like, you can't even change the fucking button color. I'm like, what in the flying hell? I was getting, <laughs> I get very angry about website stuff. Yeah, it's really frustrating uh, to to know what's available and then like have to go back. It's like when you <laughs> when you learn how to paint and then they're like, here, use this one crayon. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Dawn theme, I feel like it's a it's a huge step up from the free themes before, but it's still very limiting. I always picking a theme is something that people ask me a lot of questions about. And I will say most people end up going with my recommendation, which is the impulse theme. Yes. Uh, but I have others I love. I have, I love when I'm, de- when I'm developing a store myself mm-hmm. for a client, I love to use the out of the sandbox, either turbo or flex, because for a developer, it has a little bit more functions that I can use. Mm-hmm. Um, but those pieces are overwhelming when you're a DIYer. So yeah, I 
I also, so I have a couple of recommendations. One, absolutely, you need to be looking about for a theme that has the features you want. People focus too much on the way something looks and they don't think about the features. And the features are harder to add in and they cost money to add in. You have to get an app or something. Yeah. And people will be like, oh, well, I'll just use this free theme and add the PageFly app, which is like $50 a month. And if you use your store for like more than 10 months, then you've already paid for a theme that would have given you the same customization. And then when you try to switch themes, you're going to have broken stuff because they don't talk to each other. So that's frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, So absolutely, you need to pick a theme based on the functions you want, not the way it looks. Looks are easy to change. Functions are harder to add in. Mm -hmm. Um, The inventory is a really good point. Like, If you have a huge inventory, you need different features. You need to be able to filter your products and you need them to have, you know, developed things that make sense, like a sidebar. Not every theme includes that. And if you have a big inventory, your people won't be able to browse without that. So I think it's really critical that you think about how people will be shopping your products. And then um, I also think people need to not just look at the homepage. They need to look at all the pages and all the features and review the demos and look at the, um, look at the sites that are built on that theme. Although keep in mind that they could be customized, but it really shows you what's possible. Yeah. The other mistake I see a lot of people thinking when they pick a theme, like they just fill in, they just fill in the theme with their stuff instead of like using the theme to really build their own store. When I'm designing, I like pick a theme and then I delete everything and start from scratch because I don't want to be stuck in that box that they created. You know, that was just a possibility. And they really need to think outside of those sections. That's the biggest piece. And that's something I really teach in my course. So I have a course called DIY Shopify that teaches you how to DIY your Shopify. But it's not like, here's how to put in a picture. It's like how to think about your store strategically and how to think outside those sections. Like I always tell people in my course, I'm like, go look at Pinterest and see what you like. And like, think about how your sections could, you know, could be that same way. Like, I'm not saying copy anybody's site because we can't, you really just can't do that with a theme (laughs) unless you know how to code. But look at those themes and then let's think about how we can simulate that outside of the sections that are preset. Um, Like, for example, I might use a slideshow to make a testimonial slider. Like, it doesn't have to be the set testimonial section. I might use a slideshow. Or maybe I'll use text columns to make um, testimonials that just stay on the screen. That's the biggest mistake I see people making when they pick a theme. Mm. There was something else I wanted to say about themes. (laughs) There's a lot to say. There is a lot to say. My favorite theme by far is the impulse theme. And then, like I said, I love Turbo. Turbo is what I built my store on. It has a little bit more flexibility in like what a developer can do inside the theme, which I love. And then I think Flex is a good theme. Those two are by Out of the Sandbox, which they are not available on the Shopify store. This is what I wanted to add. I do not recommend people purchase off the Shopify theme platform for two reasons. One, I have seen um, stolen themes. So I have seen the impulse theme being sold for like 50 bucks on Etsy. If you try to register that or you try to create a store with that, 
and you haven't registered the theme, you will get kicked off the platform. This actually happened to me. I had hired a developer to make a duplicate of my site. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't really thinking about the theme. I just thought he developed it. And then I had to get support. And they were like, your, your theme isn't registered. And I was like, oh my gosh. And thank goodness I knew what to do because they will kick you off. They're like, you have seven days to fix this or you will get kicked off. So when you say it's not registered, because I always recommend people as well, do do not buy like the shitty ones from Creative Market. Um, I only recommend Shopify. And it's only really because I've only ever built stuff on Shopify and and used it. And if you're building something on Shopify and they update something like you're going to get the updates, it just makes sense. Um, And I've worked with clients who have purchased outside themes and they're they're very hard to update. They're hard to do. So I haven't had a good experience with that. But when you say register the theme, what do you mean by that? Because I'm just, I just want to make sure people understand what that means. Yeah. So when you purchase a theme through the theme store, it's connected mm-hmm. to your Shopify account. Like the part where you said like mystore.myshopify.com, it's all connected. Okay. And if yeah. you purchase off of the platform, it's not connected to that. Now you can, you can just upload a file, but you're right. You can't get updates. And that was what the next thing I was going to say is that you can, it's a lot harder to get updates. You will have to redo your store if you want to get updates. Every time you want to update to a new version of the theme, you have to redo your entire design. And um, if you needed support through Shopify support, like something wasn't working right, they might not be able to help you because they don't correct, they don't support yeah, third-party themes. The nice thing about the Shopify theme store is all of those themes have been vetted by Shopify. Like they have a very robust like approval process to get mm-hmm. a theme in the theme store because they are going through Shopify to get it approved. And I think that that is really important. And it you know it makes me feel more confident that Shopify will back me up if I'm having trouble with my theme or like I need support doing something. Uh, they also require, you know, like theme developers have a support website. And if you buy one, I had someone who bought a theme on Invato or something like that. Um, and the directions weren't in like clear English. Like you could tell they had been translated and they couldn't get a hold of support. So basically they just wasted the price of that theme. Um, so I never, ever purchased a theme off another platform with the exception of out of sandbox. And the only reason for that is two things. They have other themes that are in the Shopify theme store. So I trust them. Mm -hmm. And two, they have an app that connects to your store that will help with updates. Um, Okay. And so they kind of overcome some of those issues. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing is because they have other themes that are in the theme store, I feel confident that they are providing decent themes. I think personally that the reason the other two themes aren't in the theme store is because they are a much higher price point than others. Um, Although themes are getting more expensive now, but... um, Interesting. But do you know what's do you know what's funny? Oh, it's not really funny, but it's interesting. Is if you go to like a lot of, you know, YouTuber videos, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this because you're in this space, but if you go to like a lot of YouTube videos or bloggers, you know, talking about website design, they that those Envato people have like crazy affiliate programs because you see them promoting these crappy themes and you can tell it's an affiliate link. So they're little ninjas because they're getting people getting all these little, you know, worker bees to be promoting them when in fact, it's like kind of a crappy product. So I mean, it's not I I said it was funny. I don't mean like, 
haha, but it's just it's interesting because, you know, again, when you have those affiliate things, um, they're not always used in a good way. So, yeah, I think there are good places. There are good things that you can get on Envato. Like I bought music for my podcast on there. I've bought WordPress plugins on there, but I just mm-hmm. I just really if I'm going to spend $500 on a theme or 400 or 300, which is more expensive than most themes you will find for other platforms, I want to know that I can trust the developer, I'm going to get support and that it's going to work with my platform because you don't want to be buying a new theme every like year just because there's updates. Um, also, when you purchase through the theme store, you get unlimited updates. So anytime there's an update, it's included in your purchase, which is not true necessarily of other themes. Like if you purchase them elsewhere, you might have to buy new updates. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that you should always get your website from Shopify. And Impulse is also my favorite. Um, I think I've talked about that on some of my podcast episodes. But um, one of so I worked with um, CEO Hat Club to I worked with her um, on a couple strategy sessions to help her launch her store. And like her website is I forgot to mention her website at the beginning. Her website is like it's like literally a work of art. CEO Hat Club. It is so beautiful. She sells these beautiful like, you know, luxury hats. And I mean, she's a business coach. So she like she knows what to do in terms of marketing and branding. But like between her product photos, her lifestyle photos, like everything is so perfection and her website is on, or at least it used to be on Impulse, but um, I just had to give a little shout out because when that was one of my first times, or no, it wasn't my first time, sorry. I've definitely worked with other people with the theme, but that one, I think with her store, it just works so well with like the like the long vertical like images for the collection page. Oh my God, like it's so freaking good. CEOHatClub.com, definitely check it out. She, she freaking nails it. Um, okay, I just have one she- more... Oh, keep going. Can I tell you one other thing? Yeah, yeah she, of course. Um, she was one of the first people to buy my simplified SEO um, workbook. Uh-oh. And so it was like walking through the process of for CEO Hat Club, like how to wow. you know, create product listings that get found, mm-hmm. which um, I'm always harping on people with their product listings. <laughs> Like I did today, but I, so I just adore Lindsay and I think she's so fun. Oh my God. That's so funny. I love it. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what you just said, the product listing, like, can you give a little tip on like how to do that? Cause obviously SEO is something that is very important and I'm definitely like an SEO nerd, but yeah, I think anything you want to share on that and then we can wrap it up. Cause I feel like I'll just keep chatting your ear off all day. <laughs> Um, I, what I see in my kind of community is a lot of people have created product listings that they've poured their, not product listings, I'm sorry, they've created products that they have poured their heart into creating. And then they put it on whatever, you know, they put it on their website and it, it doesn't describe the product at all. So what's my, my most common example is like, you have this beautiful rose quartz necklace and you call it the rosy necklace or rosy. 
that gives me zero context. And no one searching for a rose court necklace is going to find Rosie, your Rosie listing, because it doesn't say that it's a rose quartz necklace. And the the thing with SEO is that it needs to be absolutely clear, like descriptive, like it cannot be anything else. If I'm like, I'm, I'm not making sense. No, no. SEO is you're good. Describing your product with the exact same words people are using to find it. So, you know, if I'm like looking around at my desk and I'm like, how would I find, you know, this cup or this planter? And it has to be descriptive. It can't be these fun, fluffy names that you've created. They don't, they're not looking for that. Um, And it's really funny because one of my longtime clients, she's been my client for like as long as I've had my business. And she's like, no, I understand SEO. I, I do really good on Etsy. And then I showed her and she's like, okay, I'll try it. And then it was like, oh, okay, now I get sales on Google. And it went from like no sales to like getting sales every week, getting sales every day, because wow. you have to describe the products in the title, in the description, in the URL. When all of those things describe the product, then Google's like, oh, this probably is what they actually say it is. And so that's the biggest mistake I see people make. The other one is that they just don't finish what they're doing. Like, um, let's say you make a collection and you you can put your collection on Shopify and maybe it's a sticker collection and you just call it stickers. They don't put a description. They don't put anything else. Like add some more information. That's what Google's looking for. So they want to know that it's, you know, vinyl waterproof die cut stickers uh, with your funny sayings on them. Like they need the descriptions. They don't see pictures. <laughs> Um, so that's the biggest thing that that's the biggest mistake people make. I have like a little workbook I created that walks people through how to find the right words, how to figure it out. Where do you, where do you even go to figure it out? Where to put them on Shopify? Um, you know, where to put them on your product pages, where to put them on your collection pages, how to actually create headings on your normal pages that are good for SEO, how to fix your pictures so they're good for SEO. What apps you can use. How to get your how to get Google to scan your site. Wow, that's called that's, that's awesome. my little workbook. Yeah, it's that's called Simplified SEO. Yeah, it's called okay. Simplified SEO, and it's only forty nine dollars. Um, because I really I believe in the power of like your products getting found, and I've seen it happen, and I love I love that workbook. I know I'm making a note here to make sure you give me the link because we need to add that. That's a that's a good resource. SEO is something that um, just from like my own experience working with clients and students um, is something that people like get very afraid of. I don't know if mm-hmm. you have the same experience. People get overwhelmed with SEO and it's very confusing and they don't really understand the power that it can actually do for your website. Like it, like you said, it, it can make the difference between getting no traffic and getting like 80% organic traffic. And it's all because you've optimized the pages, you've added alt text, you put in the right links, you know, the titles are correct. So I think that's important. Yeah. Can we just like I, go through? Oh, sorry. Keep yeah, going. I, w- I just wanted to expand on that. I get the same thing like, oh, it's so technical. I don't teach technical SEO. I literally teach mm-hmm just optimizing what you've already had because there's so much power in that. You don't need to know the technical stuff. Yes, there are things you can do in your code that do whatever. I don't I don't do those things either, but I get I get income from an affiliate link for uh 
for Flowdesk because I made one YouTube video that's like how to connect Flowdesk and Shopify. And I get um, referral income from that every month from one video because it's just like, this is how you connect the two. Yeah, It's not technical at all. Awesome. You know, like the, you know, the creation of the blog post or whatever, none of it's technical. It's just putting the right words in the right places. I feel like I have the same video. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I have some video about Flowdesk and I don't know if it's to Shopify or it's to something else, but I'm, I'm laughing because I feel like we're like twins. Um, can we just go through really quickly like an example? Because I feel like what you just talked about is so valuable. And I think for some people, just having an example would be helpful. So let's say, um, let's say I'm trying to think of something I have in my office. I don't know. Let's do a dog toy. Let's say I sell rubber squeaky rubber ball dog toys. Um, mm-hmm. How would you like just really quickly, like how would you put that on a product page? Like, f- like what would you have the title be? What would you have um, the URL be? That kind of thing, if you don't mind. Yeah. So, I mean, what you said is really good. Squeaky dog toy balls. Mm-hmm. I would start there. I would research with those, I like to look at the shopping tab on Google because it shows you the most examples at once. So I would see what other people are using, like squeaker balls for small dogs. Like, you know, if it's a, if it's a smaller ball for a small dog, you could use that as a, as a distinguishing the Mm -hmm. color of the ball. If you, if it's in specific colors, right. Um, the style of the ball, like, is it really tough? So they're not going to break it. So, you know, so I would try to get really specific. So I might say like, um, let me think. I might say rubber squeaky dog football is a, an example. It just kind of depends. If you have a fun name for your products, I don't think you have to get rid of that. I just think you tack it on the beginning or the end. Um, so you want to make sure you have those keywords in the beginning. So you might say like rubber squeaky dog toy for small dogs. Um, in your product title. If you want, you can actually shorten your product title so it's not super long on your website. Mm-hmm. In Shopify, they have a box down at the bottom underneath your product listing that says edit SEO. And then you would, in that section, it has a page title box where you can add a little bit more. So in that box, I would definitely say for small dogs, you know, uh, orange ball, you can get a little more specific there. I would have that in the product title, right? And then in the product description, you want to say the same words. They don't have to be in the same order, but they need to be the same words within the description, usually at the top. The biggest, the easiest example of it is people will say like this ball. And I would say this rubber squeaky orange dog ball. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It seems repetitive to us, but it's not when we're looking at them. So, and then I would, you know, describe the ball. It's this many inches. It's this thick. I don't know what you need to know about a dog ball. I probably don't think about dog balls that much. Um, so, you know, I would describe it. You can put bullet points. If you, if it's important to know where it's made, I don't know. I'm like the person, my dog doesn't play with balls, so I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so you can list out some more of that information. If you think it's important, you want to have that in the description and then in your URL, you want to make sure you have those same keywords. So when, in Shopify, when you create a product listing, it will automatically put whatever you put in the title as the URL. 
which is fine if you did a good job on the title. If you, you know, added some extra fluffy words, you can remove those just so it's shorter because there is a character limit for what will show up on Google for URL. So you could say, you know, like if you added like a fun name for it, you could take that out. Um, like I said, for small dogs, you could just take out the word for and just have small dog, rubber, squeaky, orange ball. You don't need to repeat words. That's really common on Etsy where you'll be like, rubber ball, ball for dogs, squeaky ball. Like you don't need to use the word ball four times. It's already there. Um, oh my God. And then I would also go into the product images and add that in alt text. So an alt text should actually be whatever it is, is the picture. So I would say, you know, like orange squeaky ball on white background. And then I would say dog playing with orange squeaky ball, golden retriever playing with orange squeaky ball. Um, Cause that's the orange squeaky ball keyword in there three more times for your product page. So it belongs in those four places, title, description, URL, alt text. When all of those match, Google says, oh, this probably really is a Google uh, orange <laughs> squeaky ball. And then they will start to show it. Um, there's other things like, you know, there's other things that cause you to rank. But for product shops, having descriptive product pages will take you from zero to whatever, you know, the next level very easily. And then you can continue to grow from there. It's also really good for user experience because if I am on your website, this has happened so many times. If I am on your Instagram and I see you share about this orange squeaky ball, but it has a weird name like the citrus orb. And I go to find that and I don't know what it's called. And I'm typing in orange squeaky ball and I can't find it. Then I'm like, okay, I give up, you know, because how am I supposed to remember what you named it? But if your description if your product title is descriptive, then I can find it. And that happens all the time to me. That's a really good point. I love that. Um, yeah, that was really helpful. It's always good to have like just a, one little example, but I feel like you did such a good job like walking everyone through exactly what to put. And it really like my whole business was built on organic traffic. I didn't do ads and I got into SEO. I think it was like my after one year in business, I got into SEO and blogging and all that. And my business, it takes time, but it like took off. And, you know, I talk about this on my podcast a lot, but like my first blog post I ever created, you know, brought in 20,000 website visitors in one year. And it's the same type of thing as like if you're creating um, pages and you're using words that your ideal customer is typing into Google to search for, like your stuff will show up and it's the power of SEO is like fucking unreal. So mm-hmm. I will end it at that because I feel like I'm going to keep talking about SEO. But thank you so much. This was amazing. I I like geek out over website stuff. So I appreciate you, you know, sharing so many awesome examples and um, so much good stuff. I definitely feel like people are going to love your SEO um, workbook. And then obviously your course is great. Tell everyone where they can find you and just remind everyone that maybe like talk about your course a little bit. Like what is it about? Who is it for? Um, like who would it be a good fit for kind of thing? Like, what are you teaching him? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you can find me at productpowerhouse.co and I have the course DIY Shopify. It is for anyone who is wanting 
to design their own store because I know there are people out there who want to be able to do this. And I think it's important for people, especially in the beginning phases of your business, to know how to create your own store. Mm-hmm. I have horror stories of like clients who's like, my website designer didn't give me access to my site. And so I can't do anything. And that is not me. Oh, no. um, cool. Yeah. So I think there's a, a lot of power in knowing how to design your own store, knowing some of the pieces that go into it. So the types of people that are in there are usually people who have who have had a product-based business. So maybe you have an Etsy store and you're ready to start your own Shopify store. Maybe you started a Shopify store, but you just kind of threw it up there and you didn't put a lot of thought process into it, or you want to switch to a new theme and you really want to do it right. Those are the types of like the level of people in DIY Shopify. There are all types of businesses, lots of handmade businesses, jewelry designers, soap makers, candle makers. I've had boutique owner in there. Um, People who personalize products. It's really for anyone in the product space. We walk through everything. Like we walk through how to pick a theme, how to, you know, how to plan what's going on your homepage, how to plan what goes on all your pages. And then I show you how to design them. I break down other page websites so you can see what these sections are made of. Like I said, I break down um, example sites like on Pinterest and show you how to think outside of the sections hmm. and the whole thing. And then we have like, it's, I think it's six modules of just like, do this and then do this and then do this and do this. And then we are we are releasing next week a 14-day roadmap to help people who are like wanting to get their site launched ASAP. So you will know exactly what to do it, it, over the course of 14 days. Like if you spend an hour or two every day, you can get your store up and launched in 14 days. Amazing. So DIY Shopify, it's um, it's like my baby. I'm doing everything I can to make it Oh, uh, the best thing I, I share every single app I love and why, when I use it, what circumstances I use it. Um, and we do like monthly Q and a calls. So we have that and we set up a code for you. So if you want to use Carrie's code at checkout, you can save a hundred dollars. If you just use the code Carrie K E R R I E. Um, and if you can just go to productpowerhouse.co DIY Shopify is like at the top. So that's the easiest way to get to it. Um, and then I do have like that SEO workbook that teaches, you know, some, some, some smaller or like the aspect of getting traffic through SEO. Um, I also offer, we do done for you services. It's kind of like the DIY Shopify idea, but we do it for you. We run you through the same framework. Um, we just, for the, done for you service. It's our Shopify style and setup. And we just, we help you design an engaging converting homepage. We style the rest of the store and then we hand it over to you to upload your own products, create your own collections. You can create your about page and things like that. We have resources to help you. So it's kind of a hybrid like custom site, but we still believe that you need to, you're going to still have to do stuff. You have to create your own listings and things like that. Um, so that's how we work with people right now. I also have a podcast, which is called product powerhouse. I'm having carry on in a few weeks or we're, we're swapping episodes. Um, and that is, you know, that's how most people I think find me. I love making the podcast. I forget what else I was supposed to say. (laughs) Yes. Um, no, I think, I think that was good. Where do people can find you your course? Your course sounds awesome, by the way. I feel like so many people need it. 
Also for people who already have a Shopify site or you're like, oh shoot, I already launched my site and I'm not sure if I did it all. We are, we have a free um, Shopify checklist and it's long. It's like six pages. (laughs) So it walks you through every setting and everything to make sure you've got your site launched. Cause like I said, my, I don't know if it's my biggest pet peeve or the biggest mistake I see people is they just don't finish all the pieces. They just leave holes in it. And I think that that's a, a place where you are just losing money. Well, especially at like the back end stuff, like within the set, like that is the stuff that that's going to really like there's so many things you can make mistakes on, like requiring an account at checkout or like your shipping things mm-hmm. are all over the place. And yeah, so the website isn't just like the pretty thing that you see. It's like what's behind the scenes? What are the settings? What notifications are you sending your customers? Yeah, we can go down a rabbit hole on that, but definitely very important. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Erin. This was super fun. And I know that people are going to freaking love this episode. So thank you so much, Carrie. I loved (laughs) talking websites with you. We could do this all day. (laughs) We'll have to do an episode on like our favorite websites again, like one year later. What are our favorite websites? (laughs) All right. Thank you, Erin. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.